Hello everybody and welcome to the Citizen Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to work through our current series, Step by Step, which is all about advancing. So if you haven't listened to the full series, you can go back and listen to that in the previous episodes. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy and we'll get straight into it. Well, good morning, everybody. So great to be with you. As Ryan said, my name is Bree. I'm part of the team here. And we are currently going through our series step by step, looking at our culture as a church, how we can step into that, and how we can advance through it. I wonder if you've ever watched those movies where the princess meets her prince and they live happily ever after. Do you ever used to watch those films? I used to love those films as a kid. Maybe you still do. But what I've come to realize is that they are a load of rubbish. No one lives happily ever after. Sorry to ruin your fairy tale. But the truth is even the best of relationships go through ups and downs. We're not happy all of the time because we're in relationship or friendship with another human being. You know, we get sick, we make mistakes, we say things we probably shouldn't. We misunderstand each other. It doesn't always go to plan. And you know, whenever we're looking for a relationship or a friendship or a new job or whatever it is, we have this saying that we like to say as humans. We say, I just want to be happy. And there's nothing wrong with that. But today, we're going to look at something far greater than happiness. What you need is not happiness. It is joy. And that's a lot different from happiness. Happiness depends upon happenings. It comes from the word hap, which means luck or happenstance. You're just lucky, fortunate, happy. Happiness is external, whereas joy is internal. Happiness is based on circumstances, and when they change, you're not happy anymore. But joy is based on God, and he doesn't change. Happiness is based on chance, and joy is based on choice. You know, one of our culture codes as a church is that fun is our framework. And it's so that if somebody comes into this building who is struggling, we're not just shoving pizza in their face and a beer in their hand for the sake of being a fun church. It's about creating an atmosphere that chooses joy, that hears you and empathizes with you and supports you in that But at the end of the week, we come together and we rejoice because no matter what our circumstance, God is good. And so we choose to be joyful. We choose to rejoice, to be fun, to refocus on the joy before us and within us. You know, Citizen Coffee, our coffee van at the front, it is literal fuel for my week. I absolutely love it. But the coffee van, sorry, Dan, is not the be-all and end-all of Citizen Church. (laughs) You know, it's not actually about the coffee, although it is incredible, which does help. It's about the purpose behind it. It's the fact that during lockdown, students would come and say, you're actually the only other human being I've seen today. The fact that we can train refugee and asylum seekers on our van so that they can go and get a job and be at home and settle in Cardiff. The fact that people come for a cup of coffee, but they realize we're a community of joy and fun, so they want to be a part of it, so they end up belonging before they believe. Joy is attractive. We choose joy as a community, and I'm going to go through a few reasons as to how. Number one, joy knows a purpose. 
In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, it says, And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, the message version of this passage says this, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Same passage, two translations. One calls it joy, the other calls it a journey with God. Jesus didn't feel joy in the event. It says, uh, for the joy, I've lost it now. (laughs) For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He wasn't enjoying being on the cross. He found joy in the guaranteed outcome of the event. For the joy set before him. What have you set before you? You know, Jesus set joy before him as he was hung on a cross. He was spat at and shamed and betrayed by friends and hurt and in pain and suffering. And he chose joy. It's very different pain with a purpose to pain without a purpose. I don't know if you've ever had a child run at you and just jump on you and it kind of takes you by surprise and your back goes and you feel about 96 years old. If you're a parent, you might, I don't know, relate to that a bit more, but I could guarantee that I could take that weight of that small child into the gym and squat it. And with a purpose... It's a warm-up exercise, but the pain without the purpose can take me to the ground. You know, joy knows a purpose. Joy knows that God is going to bring beauty from whatever situation you are in. Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Trust in God at all times. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. God is in control. He can repair the unrepairable. He can control the uncontrollable. He can help you when it doesn't feel like there's any hope in your situation. He'll help you if you trust him, if you let him into your life, focus on his power rather than your problem. You will have joy. The second reason, uh, the way that we can choose joy is joy as a focus. Have you ever had one of those days when things just are not going well. It's just not a good day. We all have them. This week for me, it was Monday. It all started when I put hand soap on my toothbrush and everything just went downhill from there. Nothing was working. Nothing was going right. And I was grumpy, it is fair to say. And I was sat in the car on the way home like, oh, this is just such a terrible day. I'm just not happy. And Zach, bless him, turns to me, trying to make conversation. He was like, so Brie, what are you preaching on on Sunday? And I was like, joy. (laughs) It was so ironic because I was not feeling joyful at all. God has a great sense of humor. 
But the one thing I've learned this week is this. Joy is not a feeling. It's a focus. You know, in the Bible, it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's that verse that you have on a fridge magnet or that your grandmother's embroidered on a pillow. You know, happiness depends on what is going on around me. But joy, the joy of the Lord is a constant. It's not dependent on my circumstances. I just asked you that question, what have you set before you? Because if we're completely honest, when I'm having a bad day, what is set before me is not joy. It is the opposite. And if you came up to me and told me to choose joy, I'd probably tell you to go away. What is set before me in that moment is not joy. It's probably negativity, self-doubt, the validation of other people. Maybe for you it's a certain situation at the moment that you just can't get past. How do you handle things when you're having a bad day? Because that will tell you what your joy is in. Don't get me wrong, joy is not the absence of sadness. And I don't want you leaving here thinking you can't be sad or stressed. We are human, we have emotions, we need them. And I don't want you to be fake about that, but joy is a focus. You know, when Jesus set joy before him, he chose the one thing that is never changing. If set before you right now is based on a human being or a situation, it will not last. Because humans change. They make mistakes. Situations change. Work gets busy. Work gets tough. And they will not be able to bring you that joy. The one thing that never changes, yesterday, today, and forever, is God. That's where your joy is. So when it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength, that's a constant. That's the focus before him. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. And you know you can miss joy because you get too wrapped up in what's going on around you. You look to the side and you think, oh, what what do you think about this situation? What do you think about me? What, what, What would you have done in that situation? That we miss what's right in front of us. You know, we can miss joy because we're looking too far ahead. You know, I have the worst sense of direction in the world. I cannot get anywhere without Google Maps unless I've been there a hundred times before. And I hate to admit this, but I have it safely in the car to tell me where I'm going. But so many times I've been caught up in what's three or four turns ahead. I've been so worried about the future that I've had to slam the brakes because I've missed what's three foot in front of me. And you know, you can, you can miss joy because you're looking behind you. Oh, I should have done that differently. Should have said it like that. I feel guilt, I feel shame. And you know, no matter where you're looking, you can't alter any of them. And they're not a constant, they don't bring you joy, all they do is make you worried and anxious. That spoke to me this week. I don't know how you're feeling at the moment. Maybe you're like, all I do is work. So therefore that's what's important. And if something goes wrong at work, it controls your joy. But actually, if my priority is my relationship with God, then no matter how tough things get at work or at home, they will not control my joy. What do you let control your joy? You know, we've all been guilty of enduring things that God has given us to enjoy because we're too worried about something else or too busy on Instagram or something like that. And every time it happened, it was because of my priorities. I cannot let my joy be controlled by whether or not I have a good day. What are your priorities? 
Your priorities control your joy. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life and life to the full. Either that's an incredible promise and Jesus is the best possible way that we can do life, or he lied. The deep-rooted joy that is the constant, the focus. And thirdly, joy as a fruit of the Spirit. So I've got me this necklace for my birthday and it's got a vine on it and a piece of fruit. And it's based on that verse from uh, John 15 that says, Abide in me and I in you. It says, No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. God is our source or our vine from which we can bear the fruit of the Spirit. So when you think about things that you enjoy, I can enjoy it, but my joy is not in it because I abide in the vine or the divine. You know, where your joy comes from determines when it runs out. We've just read in that verse, if we remain and abide in God, then we will be fruitful and our supply of joy will never run out. John 15, 11 says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So when it comes to work or relationships or whatever situation it is that you're in, you can say you are not my vine, you are not my source, so therefore you will not control my joy. My joy is deeper than that and so I'm setting joy before me like Jesus did when he faced the cross. When my joy is running out, it's because it's coming from the wrong place. Where is your joy today? Philippians 4.4 4 says, Always be joyful in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> How is it possible to always be joyful? You know, when Paul wrote this to the Philippian church, he was in prison. He was getting ready to be executed. How is it possible to rejoice in the midst of a difficult circumstance? Well, one, God is with me. We know this in Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, when you pass through deep waters, I will be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you, for I am the Lord your God. Whatever it is that you are going through, you are not going through it alone. The Bible says, in my presence is fullness of joy. So anytime I don't have joy, it's a warning light. I'm not spending enough time with God. I've forgotten that he is with me. Two, God has a plan for me. He knew it was coming. He's not worried. He knows that he can work all things together for good. Not everything is good, but if we hand everything to him, he will make it good. And three, God will help me. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's not something you can manufacture on your own. James verse one, uh, uh, chapter one, verse two to four says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Trials of many kinds. You know, we're not all going through the same thing, but I guarantee we're all going through something. And you know, it's all very good me standing up here talking about how we're fun and joyful and choose joy. <laughs> but we will go through things as a community that are not joyful, that are not fun. We'll go through, through things as individuals that are not fun. But our source is the same. 
And if we as a community abide in God, we'll be able to be fruitful and help each other flourish even when times get tough. In 2 Corinthians, it says, what a wonderful God we have who so wonderfully strengthens us in our hardships and trials so that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the same help and comfort God has given us. So how can we use joy in order to advance? I want you to ask yourself this question. How do you use joy to help it mold your culture? How do you use joy to influence the culture at work, at home, the friendship group you're in? How do you use it to build relationship, to have conversations? You know, we have the power to bring joy to other people. You have the power to bring joy to other people. Not happiness, joy. And from what I've been saying this morning, I think that's evangelizing. Because if you show the power of joy as a focus, they will come to know the love of Jesus. Have you ever experienced the joy of somebody else? You know, you bring joy through the work that you do. Whether you create video games that people enjoy playing, whether you bring a smile on a train platform, whether you work in healthcare and you make somebody's pain go away for just a second, whether you love your kids, whether you're a listening ear to a friend who is struggling, are you somebody who brings joy into your community? Maybe you need to think, what can I do to restore someone's joy? And take that into your family life, your friendship, your workplace this week, and ask, can I contribute joy to this place? Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you didn't already know, then you can join us live on a Sunday. We go live on YouTube at 11.30, or you can join us in person at our 11am or our 6pm at our Cate's campus in Cardiff. Otherwise, I hope you have an incredible week and we'll see you soon.